This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 24th of August. In your Squiz today, prepping for the Paralympics, the lockdown debates continue, sanctions for Afghanistan, and dating in a pandemic. This is your Squiz today. 9.15pm tonight, Claire, the 2020 Paralympics kicks off. Events will run until the 5th of September. 4,400 Paralympians from 176 countries. There's 540 events across 22 sports. Our Aussie team is our biggest ever, 179 athletes. We'll go through the medal chances in a minute, but it's probably a good time to go through just how the Paralympics works because it's a little bit different. It is a bit different and that comes down to the classification system. Of course, when you're watching the Paralympics, you'll see athletes with different impairments uh, competing next to one another and there is a really rigorous system that the organisers go through uh, that puts Paralympians into categories where uh, when they have similar-ish kind of impairments, whether that be impaired muscle power, limb deficiency, Uh, short stature, also things like vision impairment and intellectual impairment, Uh, they make sure that they go through and make it a fair competition. So whether it's swimming, whether it's rugby, whether it's goalball, there's all sorts of very specific things to those sports and it's really worthwhile uh, just doing a little bit of homework or listening into the commentary about how it works. Uh, But there's going to be some great sport over the next 10 days. Absolutely. In 2016 in Rio, we finished fifth on the medal tally, 22 gold, 30 silver and 29 bronze. So we've got some big medal targets to chase, but we've got some pretty big medal contenders as well. We do. Probably the one that is known best to most is Dylan Olcott, the tennis star. He's going for a golden slam. That's sports talk for winning four tennis majors and a Paralympics gold in the one year. So uh, fingers crossed for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the pool, we're looking at Ellie Cole. She's an absolute legend. Also Matthew Levy uh, and Tiffany Thomas-Kane. She won four medals at Rio when she was just 15 years old. So she's a veteran now of 20. So So good luck to her. Uh, Also, Australia's wheelchair rugby team, the Steelers, they're going for their third consecutive gold medal. As you say, it is worth doing a little bit of prep work to fully enjoy the Paralympics. And of course, we've got you covered with a Squiz Shortcuts episode. The Legends from our Sport Today podcast are hosting this one. They'll get you across all things Paralympics. Search for Squiz Shortcuts in your podcasting app. The debate on when Australia will open up in line with vaccination rates is heating up again, Claire. Federal, state and territory leaders did agree at the start of this month to lessen restrictions and stop lockdowns once the 70%, 80% vaccination was reached. But the high case numbers that we've got at the moment has a few leaders a little spooked and wanting to hold on to the power to go into lockdown. Yeah, and that's really the crux of it. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion over the weekend, particularly as New South Wales recorded 
records high case numbers. They had 818 new cases again yesterday. Uh, The concern is that if the contact tracing and if the testing capabilities, as well as the health systems, the hospitals, uh, the primary health carers are under stress with high case numbers, then there's no ability for the community to be safe, even at high vaccination rate numbers. But where we landed yesterday was Prime Minister Scott Morrison, New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian and Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews lining up behind that plan to say that we really do need to move forward. We need to get to a position uh, where we have options and that's what vaccination will bring, but also the ability to lift lockdown so that we can get on with our lives, so that the economy uh, can strengthen and so that that mental health toll that so many are feeling under lockdown can be lifted. Mm, That question of how exactly we will live with COVID continues. On to international news now and an emergency meeting of the G7 leaders will take place tonight, our time, the G7 being the US, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan and the United Kingdom. On the agenda, of course, is the situation in Afghanistan. Yeah, it really has occupied the minds of senior world leaders. What that meeting is expected to discuss is keeping those American troops there for longer. But what has happened overnight is the Taliban has said that they want foreign out by the end of this month. Also on the agenda is the possibility of imposing new sanctions on the Taliban if it commits human rights abuses. Back home and the makeup of Australia's power mix is an ongoing complicated discussion. Politics aside, for the first time ever on our national power grid, solar generated electricity, so solar power, produced more megawatts of power than coal did. The conditions were pretty particular, Claire, but it does show the growth of the renewable sector. Yeah, the conditions were very particular. It was just for a few minutes on Sunday. It wasn't like for hours and hours. And we're talking about Australia's main part of the power grid. So that really is what fires the East Coast. Uh, But when you look at the market, there certainly is a lot more renewable power coming into the electricity grid. Uh, We're underpinned by coal-fired generation. Of course, that's necessary for Australia because it provides reliable and dispatchable power. Uh, That means that it doesn't need the wind or the sun uh, to pump out electricity and we're not at a point where we can store enough of that renewable energy to just turn it on whenever we need. But certainly things are changing. Last year, 27.7% of Australia's total electricity generation came from renewable resources and experts say that is set to grow again this year. Onto something just as tricky to navigate, and that's dating in a pandemic. Dating during COVID is always going to be a little tricky, but there's one thing that can apparently up your chances of a match by as much as 30%, Claire. Yeah, and that's to indicate in your biography on these sites that you're vaccinated. (laughs) Apparently, it's something that people who are looking for a bit of love uh, are really searching for when they're on the dating apps. So what a couple of them have done is actually to make it a feature. So you're able to tick a box or to really put it up front in your bio. And as they say, apparently, it's a really good way to find someone with a similar mindset and also to rule out the antivirus. Vaxes. Oh, what a time. No need for attractive selfies, just uh, your immunisation records. <laughs> Jumping over to France for this one, Claire, where a woman called Josephine Baker will be memorialised in the Pantheon Monument. It's 
considered one of the highest honours that the nation of France can bestow and it's a hugely significant honour in this case. Yeah, Josephine Baker is an absolute icon. Uh, She started out as a dancer and a singer and an actress, uh, but she really became part of the French national scene when she helped the French resistance during World War II. That made her a national hero and she received lots of military honours during her life. She was American-born and she left the US to escape racism and segregation, uh, but she did return later in her life to join that civil rights movement. She's been a big cultural touch point for black women particularly, and here she is receiving France's highest honour. She's the first black woman to do so. She joins the likes of scientist Marie Curie, philosopher Voltaire and writer Victor Hugo. Squeeze the day, Claire. Speaking of iconic women, I'm going with the anniversary of Amelia Earhart becoming the first woman to fly nonstop across the United States. That happened back in 1932. And for Prime Minister Scott Morrison, today is his third anniversary as Prime Minister. It's when we said goodbye to Malcolm Turnbull and hello to Scott Morrison's Prime Ministership this day three years ago. Three years ago. Claire, I'm a little surprised you didn't go for the anniversary of the invention of the potato chip today. (laughs) What a happy day that is. One of the best days. Many thanks to Chef George Crumb in New York back in 1853, according to popular legend anyway. That's all from us. We'll be back tomorrow. A message now from our podcast partner, Hubble. You know what it's like. Your friend recommends a great film or TV show and you're excited to check it out, but suddenly realise you can't remember what she said it was. That's where Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L, comes in. It brings your streaming apps and free-to-air TV together into a single experience. You can easily search for your favourite content and keep track of what you want to continue watching. You can also watch free-to-air TV with or without an aerial using the integrated TV guide so you always know what's on and where. It's TV and streaming made easy. Go to hubble.com.au to find out more.